T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So obviously at, at CBS2, you guys put together a great documentary on this 10th anniversary of Sandy, uh, what everybody went through 10 years ago this weekend, and maybe even more importantly, how people have been resilient and recovered in the last 10 years. Give us a little synopsis, if you would, of what, keep, what people can expect with this CBS2 documentary. Well, we, we uh, it, look, first of all, it's all about you folks out there. It's about what, what, what you went through. We have a number of vignettes about people then and now. Um, and it's, I mean, it's compelling stuff. I, I'll just share one thing with you. Uh, a woman was calling in. She, you know, we hear the 911 calls. She's calling in for help. And the people are saying, I'm sorry, we, we cannot get to you right now. Uh, you know, please be safe, things like that. And she thought, she thought she was a goner and all she could think to do, I mean, she's calling for help. She can't get help. It, you're in the belly of the beast at that point in time. All she can do is write her social security number on her arm in case it doesn't go well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, but so there's, there's a lot of things like that. Uh, we go, you know, everywhere from the Jersey shore. Uh, we go to the families in breezy point who, you know, just got, I mean, that whole area just got wiped out. So, I mean, at one point in time, they're trying to decide, are they trying to escape from the water or the fire? I mean, they're, oh, it's just a horrible situation. And you talked about resiliency and boy, they rebuilt that area. I mean, it's, it's beautiful and the people are strong, but what they went through is, is just, I mean, harrowing stuff. And we go, we go all over the tri-state. I mean, people think of that storm as a New York City storm. When, in fact, the eye of that storm went on shore closer to Atlantic City. So the biggest winds, biggest rain would have been associated with the Atlantic City area. But the biggest storm surge is north of where the eye comes on shore. And that's that's basically that's basically all of our area. Yeah. Jersey Shore, it's 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 New York City. It's out on Long Island. And what's really tough about the New York City area, you have the shoreline of New Jersey combined with really like that, the shoreline of Connecticut and Long Island that creates like the corner of a box. It's called the New York Bight. And all the water has nowhere to go but up. And that's exactly what we did. When I was looking at that storm and, and watching it come together and doing an analysis on everything, and I'm, I'm coming up with these numbers for storm surge that are off the charts, things we've never seen before. And I had a professor one time tell me, you know, never forecast history because 99 out of 100 times you're going to be wrong. Uh, but I'm looking at this stuff. I said, if these if these numbers verify, 
I, I, this is going to erase portions of our area. And, and sure enough, they all verified, and that's, that's what it did. It re- recreated much of our shoreline. Yeah, I remember in the days leading up to Sandy, uh, you, uh, our own Craig Allen here at WCBS, um, it was days in advance before the storm hit where you were already warning, hey, this, and again, you know, yeah. you guys are not uh, not one for hyperbole, but you guys were like, this could be really serious. Like, you really got to pay attention. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people obviously paid attention as much as they should have in those days preceding. Well, you know, prior to coming here to New York, and I've been here in, in New York, I first of all, I grew up in this area, but. I've been back home for about 15 years now. And prior to that, I was living and, and doing weather down in Miami, Florida. And I was there for like, you know, the big years down there, 2005, which was the record setting year up until we just recently broke it. But I, I was doing my work at the National Hurricane Center and Max Mayfield, who was just such a great mentor to me and is a fabulous weather mind. And he told me his three biggest concerns were for New Orleans, the Florida Keys, and New York City, the New York City area. And I'm like, Max, why would New York City be in your top three major concerns? And he's just said, because they've let their guard down. And oof, boy, those those words, oh, they came to fruition, right? And it came true. Um, so let me ask you in the meantime, Lonnie, uh, especially pertaining to this documentary, uh, obviously we talked about the resiliency of the people. Um, who do we hear from in this documentary? How far have they come in the last 10 years? Okay, well, you're going to hear from, well, my goodness, people from all over the tri-state because every portion of our area was affected by it. Uh, you're going to hear from from people down uh, Sandy Hook in New Jersey, uh, down to Seabright. Uh, we, we talk about that iconic picture of, the roller coaster being in the middle of the ocean. Uh, we will take you to Breezy Point, the people who, boy, they, they, they dealt with the, the storm, they dealt with the flooding, and then all of that water that came rushing in exploded all of these, these generators and, and transformers and caused that huge fire in Breezy Point. So we talked to those people about how they were confronted with, you know, do I escape the fire? If I escape the fire, I'm going into the water. Uh, we go to Staten Island, some of the most compelling stuff on Staten Island, where you're going to hear from a gentleman who, who talks about being inside his house as it starts to break apart. Wow. And he rides out the storm on his roof, detached from his house. And, and then we're going to see another home that just gets lifted right off its foundation and is found about a mile away. Almost a mile away is where that, that house ends up in the middle of like some marsh. Yeah, just amazing to think of that power. Hey, we're joined now by uh, Bishop Mark Moses of the New Life Church of Christ in Long Beach, which was obviously badly hit during Sandy. Bishop, thank you for joining us. Uh, give us your story. What happened to your church and to your congregation? Well, if, if anyone knows Long Beach, Long Beach is a, it's a, it's a peninsula. It's a, it's a little island, and it has a bay on one side and the beach on the other side, and the beach and the bay met in the middle of Long Beach. So that, that, that kind of gives you a, a synopsis of how it was that everything in Long Beach went underwater. There was nobody that didn't sustain some type of flooding in Long Beach because the beach and the bay met in the middle of Long Beach. And it was just something that it was never thought to be possible, but it was, it caused significant and terrible damage. And like I said, I myself, you know, experienced, you know, when I was able to come back into the area, uh, boats was inside restaurants, boats were inside homes, boats were everywhere. Cars were, you know, moved and shifted and sand was, 
not on the beach anymore. Sand was every everywhere that the water went, the sand went. And even in front of my own building, there was about six to eight feet of the boardwalk in front of the building, which is about three blocks away from the boardwalk. Wow. Uh, how bad was the damage to the church? Uh, the, the damage to the church was very significantly bad. Like I said, you know, the, the whole entire uh, basement area of the church had to be gutted out. Uh, if you had a if you had a basement in Long Beach, you took in at least about twelve or more feet of water. If you had if you, if you was at street level, you took in about maybe six to seven feet of water at that point. So it was significant damage, and of course, because it went up so high, majority of the people's um, electrical boxes went in the water. So they had to cut all electrical, all the electricity to the whole entire city. It was very very damaging. When you think of a storm of this size, you know, you think of the typical homeowner who's worried about having to rebuild, um, staying safe. And then there's someone like yourself who's not only worried about your home, your the church that you run, but also the homes of all your all your congregation, the people who come to your church. Um, how did you handle that, having to ha having to try to rebuild your church and help others rebuild as well? Well, what well, 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 it was it was it was. What we pretty much did, we, we, we pretty much put this with the church building on the back burner and we helped people with their homes first because, you know, having a church without people is like, you know, ineffective. So we thought the people were, were the, the first commodity to, to, to look after. So even though we bought pumps to pump out the church and thank God, you know, we, when we came to pump out the church, we prayed all night. And then when we came that morning, the, the church was completely, all the water was eradicated from the church. So we took those pumps and we started going to people's houses to help them pump the water out and get the water out of their their home so we still use the equipment to you know to help other people because you know the situation at the church was already dealt with as far as water and it was just you know like i said we just looked after the people first and then we started to rebuild our church how long did it take to rebuild the church and what did you, what did you do in the meantime where did you uh, meet so so thank thank god that my my sanctuary is on the second level and my dining area and everything else is on, the, is on the level that got mostly affected where my ball and everything else was. So it, it's amazing that, you know, in that time, I mean, there was no food, there was no supermarket, there was nothing here at Long Beach. So the people needed food, they needed everything. So what we were led to do in, in that, that, that first Sunday after Sandy, well, not the first Sunday, the second Sunday after Sandy, um, we opened up our building, you know, we was going to have just a prayer service, you know, have people that come in and want to just pray and just, you know, spend some time in the building. But in the meantime, we had prepared big um, tubs of soup and, and, and hot chocolate and coffee and tea so they would have something hot and warm to eat and drink. And it was amazing because the entire church was full. We wasn't expecting it, but the entire church was full. And we was intended to spend a few minutes there because there was no heat. There was nothing, you know, we were just in there. And it was, you know, it was cold. It was very cold. <laughs> Probably a lot um, of uh, a lot of power in, in people getting together and sharing their stories and who needs more help and let's go help them, that sort of thing. And, and what we did, we had a, we had a short service and we you know let people get comfortable, you know. And at the end of the service, what we did, we went we went into the um the accounts of the church and those families that you know couldn't get money, needed money to to do whatever they had to do, we gave each family a certain amount of money to sustain sustain themselves for a period of time. Wow, so, that's great. That was great work. And 10 years later, where are you? Is everything rebuilt? Everything okay? 10 years later, we are completely you know, back to normal. The only thing, like I said, we're still working on is, is, is we have to replace our roof. So we, we, we that's that's our last piece of work. But um, 
we were actually back in our building and up and running in, in pretty much record time. We it took us about maybe eight to nine months because what we did, we we did a lot of the work ourselves. Like we completely gutted out our building ourselves. Wow. And then we had the contract to come back in and and and, and rebuild. Because you know, so many contracts that was backed up with all the all the work that was needed. We just you know took it upon ourselves to after we got people's homes together and let people get stabilized. Then we all came together and we gutted out completely gutted out the church to the to, to the concrete walls and wow. um, had to rebuild from there. A lot of work. Did you yeah. lose some people uh, over the course of the last few years? Did some people give up on rebuilding and leave, or are, are you still at a still? Well, there were definitely some people that could not sustain being in Long Beach any longer because um even even after the rebuilding, it became very difficult because I don't know if you understand, but you know, when it comes to um assessments, tax assessments. When you have a completely new rebuild, <laughs> yeah, your tax is going to go rise high. Yeah, and you know Long Beach is a very highly taxed area already. So for the taxes to go higher, people could not sustain it even after the rebuild, because the rebuild actually cost them more money, tax-wise. And unfortunately, you know, when it came to lifting the, of the homes, that money that came in through FEMA, you know, there was a lot of you know fine print. And people realized later on that a lot of that money they had to, you know, it was it was considered a loan they had to pay back. So there was a lot of caveats that came across, you know, with you know, yeah, a lot of red the tape. Project of yeah. rebuilding, yeah. yeah, a lot of red tape. Yep. So, Lonnie, this is just one of the many stories in this CBS two uh, documentary. Uh, Ten years after Sandy, um, tell us uh, when does it air? Where is it online? Where can people see it and and uh, get more on this? Yeah, you can see this on our, on our website. It's on our digital platform. Um, it, it's, uh, we have it airing at a number of times. So if you, if you missed it, because it premiered last night, uh, it'll be on again. Um, boy, I think the next airing, we have an airing, I think, tonight. And we have a couple over the weekend as well. Uh, so you'll be able to have access to this. And then I, I, I've got to think and I got to believe that we're going to make this available on almost like an on-demand sort of uh, setup um, because it's that it's that meaningful. It's that meaningful. I mean, it, this was a storm. I mean, do you realize, uh, look, we've had bigger winds in the area. We've had bigger, you know, storms in terms of rainfall. We've never had a storm like this. This was all about the storm surge. I mean, you heard the Reverend talking about the, the ocean and the bay coming together. I mean, new shorelines were made and, and basically had to rewrite some maps in portions of our area because this is something that you never could have anticipated. Although we had the information and, you know, as, as you and I were talking earlier, uh, my, my colleague, Craig Allen, whom you work uh, closely with as well, we had the information. This really put the European forecast model on the map because they were on top of this days ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny because people are so much more hurricane savvy, uh, tropical storm savvy now in our area. And I'll get asked just randomly on the street. They'll say, oh, this storm coming up. What's the Europeans say? <laughs> and I'm like, well, OK, funny you should ask it because it now has really become the go to model. But uh, so we had, if you would, the advance warning on the storm. Then the story becomes, can you get the people to really listen, I mean, and really respect it for what it can be. And I pray that we never see anything like this again. Uh, unfortunately, it does look like these storms are becoming more frequent and stronger as well. So I think anything we can do to 
shore up our shorelines or to for any sort of like flood mitigation. If we can get ahead of the game, all the better. But that comes with you just heard the reverend talking about how expensive the taxes were now that they've done their rebuilding. Well, I mean, if you start putting up mitigation, you know, flood mitigation, they're talking about putting up gates, water gates in the water around New York City. I mean, that comes with a price tag that's in the billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, on that note, Bishop, as a church, have you been able to do some more flood prevention or mitigation, not just rebuild? Is there anything you've been able to do to kind of fortify the church for the future? Well, well, definitely, like I said, you know, it's very difficult in, in the space that we live in because, you know, Long Beach is a flood zone, period. So that, that has to happen from the, um, the governmental agencies that, 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 that govern the shorelines. Right. Where the bulkheading and everything else has to be, you know, improved. And, you know, they've done some things along the beach area, but it has not been done all throughout the entire area. So we're currently, you know, trying to push them to make sure we're safe all, all over the area. Because if, it, if water comes in any area, it comes in every area. Right. You know, Reverend, it's interesting. You, you talk about how Long Beach is in a flood zone anyway. However, this storm showed you guys something that you never could have imagined. Right. I mean, look, you deal with flooding sometimes with just a full moon, you know? Right. And now, now, I mean, you look back on this storm. I mean, this was epic, absolutely epic. Well, it's quite a story in this uh, CBS2 documentary covers it well on uh, CBS2 and CBSNewYork.com. CBS2's Lonnie Quinn, Bishop Mark Moses of the New Life Church of Christ in Long Beach. We uh, appreciate both of you giving us some time. Uh, thanks for joining us and good luck moving ahead, Bishop. Thank you so much. Have a great day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 